0: The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Guerrilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 273. You're with myself, Paul Spain. And I'm Paul Brislin. Welcome along, Paul. Good to be here. Thank you for, uh, for joining us again. Always great to have you in the studio to talk technology. Oh, it's always good coming along and having a yarn and
1: seeing what's going on in the world.
0: Now, maybe you can remind listeners where you fit into this world oh. of uh, technology and
1: media. <laughs> on the edges, lurking, lurking <laughs> in the corners. I, uh, I do um, communications and public relations for uh, about half a dozen different tech and innovation companies. So I get to play with all the, uh, the cool kids in town. Which is always good fun uh, to find out what they're all up to and and what sort of trouble they're causing. And what about you? What do you do in this industry, Paul? Well, uh, I am
0: the founder of a company called Guerrilla Technology. I know it well. You know it well, that's good. Yeah. And we provide uh, IT services to sort of small to medium businesses and help them uh, really... Do business better by using technology well, rather yeah, than smart. I guess the case a lot of small businesses are in where uh, they they uh, uh, maybe find technology to be a real pain in the backside, right. yeah, s- yeah, rather than something that's really helping out their <laughs> business. So, uh, oh yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> well, should we jump in now? Uh, a few interesting stories this week. Um, first up, one that really sort of had the had the media over the last sort of twenty four hours mm. or so. Um, the story of um, what should we we call them? The Immortalist. That's right. Um, this this concept that uh, you might be able to upload yourself uh, and be immortal in some way does this make any sense at <laughs> all to you uh paul to upload yourself to an avatar that will have the essence of you in it and be yeah. able to live on forever and carry more. out
1: your wishes and so on for yeah forever yeah, forever in a day until somebody unplugs it until yeah until until the software upgrade wipes everything <laughs> yeah. um it's it's an interesting premise and it's it's um ...been widely uh, reviewed over and over again in the worlds of science fiction, of course. Uh, But this is a a Russian internet millionaire who is convinced that within the next 30 years he's going to be in a position where he can uh, upload the contents of a human brain to a computer. Which sounds all well and good in theory... Uh, you could probably upload the contents of the human brain to a library today if, um, if you could just write everything down, but I'm not sure that would be you. I'm not sure it would be a person with a consciousness and um, for one to, and, and uh, forgive me while I get all mythical and religious, but some kind of soul. You know, What is it that makes us us? I don't know that we've actually ever really scientifically identified that, so I don't know how you could talk about uploading it to a computer. You'd have to have
0: some pretty impressive ability to scan the brain oh. just to get out the data Absolutely that's in right. your brain to to start with. To, but yeah. those sort of um, you know softer things, and you know somebody's creativity, how you. You know, when you make that decision, that's uh, well. I just feel that I should do this, and uh, <laughs> that's, you know, that's right. all all of those things that <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know. Ultimately, you know, and I don't. I don't know. You know, profess to know the ins and outs of exactly how the how the brain works, but yeah. um, you know, in theory, yes, you could break everything down. There's there's data in there, but. Um, just yeah, I'm, just, I'm not not quite sure it's no. um, it's quite
1: real. No, no, there, there is um, this guy. I'm not entirely sure is serious because it sounds very much like he's he's keen on self promotion. There is a chap called Ray Kurzweil whose name might be familiar to listeners, uh, who does talk an awful lot about the singularity, this idea that uh, in our lifetimes we will see um uh computers become cheap enough ubiquitous enough and powerful enough to mimic the human brain and he's talking about once you reach that point then perhaps we can try and figure out how to transfer data across but that that bit is really quite <laughs> quite important to the whole process and we haven't even begun to think about that at this stage i don't think
0: yeah i mean i would think it. you know we're we're waiting on sort of the the revolution of uh quantum computing which will give yep. us you know much more computing power uh to you know to see these sorts of these sorts of uh, realities i guess be able to emulate a, a mm-hmm. human in some way but there are so many facets to who we oh, are. there are. There are as uh, as creatures, as beings. Yep. Um, yep. Really emulating that uh, in its in its entirety does still seem fairly much like
1: science fiction. It, well, it really is, isn't it? Um, but I, I've got news for you. I, did you know that you're not who you thought you were at all? Am I? You're not. An avatar of myself. No, no, no. Much, much more entertainingly, I um, this weekend just gone. I went to Foo Camp. Oh yes, yes. yes. Uh, and for those who don't know, Foo Camp stands for Friends of O'Reilly, uh, and it is a uh, for want of a better term, and there's got to be a better term out there. It's an unconference where uh, you turn up and nobody's got any. Um, uh, Pre predetermined um, conference um, topics to discuss. Uh, you just all fight and kick and gouge until finally you develop a, a conference uh, schedule and away you go. Uh, I heard from uh, a woman, a Canadian woman, called uh, Julia, who is a uh, memory expert. She's um, uh, working in London at the moment. She's called in as a, um, a scientific expert by various um, courts uh, and she said memory is um, not a, an independent part of your brain, but it's an it's a network of nodes on your brain, and when those nodes trigger, then that's your memory, uh, in those certain patterns. It's more of a pattern than a, than a, an actual thing. So the problem we've got is that you're constantly remembering things, and you remember it slightly different each time. So you rebuild your memories um, constantly. And if you think about your personality and who you are, and your light is, is pretty much built on your life experiences, Uh, She said quite cheerily, well, that's all a lie because you just keep reinventing uh, your memories. And so if your personality is built on them, um, who are you and what are you doing here? And how did you come along to this conference today? (laughs) And we all sat there like stunned mullets. She showed an astonishing video where she um, uh, introduced a false memory to a person uh, who was by the end of the video convinced that it was actually a real memory. And she said it's very easy to do that. And that's why she's called in by police forces. Uh, They're very concerned. Thankfully, some of them are very, very concerned about... uh, misleading um, uh, potential suspects. Oh, and, and there, there and was
0: me about to say, oh, so the police force yeah, are wanting to, to wanting use to her to avoid this. this. <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully I'm she's kidding, got some I'm ethics, kidding. which is yeah, quite good.
1: Yeah. She uh, she advises them on what is a leading question and what isn't. Mm. Um, even down to things like uh, the the one that stumped us all, she said, you know, she talked through all the obvious leading questions. So so the the, the bad guy was wearing a red shirt, wasn't he? You know, that's clearly a leading question. But she said, what about... Um, Do you remember anything else is that a leading question Mm. and it is because it implies there's something else to remember Uh, and so the uh, the police are slowly um, learning that this is in fact uh, you can't tell when somebody's lying or not all the tricks they've learned are all false Um, false memories exist and uh, all memories are false in effect so stop trying to get confessions out of people so there you are you're not who you thought you were just give up just give it up now Mm, (laughs) mm. it's highly interesting so,
0: uh, so if you were to copy then somebody and try and upload them to
1: the a, virtu- a
0: virtual you uh, into Paul the, as a service into uh, into the matrix, <laughs> yeah. Um, then it's gonna be it's gonna be wrong from the from the get go anyway. But then That's suddenly right. it will be frozen in, in reliable yeah, zeros in and ones
1: exactly mm. exactly. So then what happens? Uh, yeah, so I think we've got a very long way to go before we get to that mm, point. Mm,
0: mm. Yeah, we, we're somewhat complex. Um, yes, aren't we? Uh, complex our, critters in, in in our nature. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, so we have to say um, sorry to our uh, Dmitry, um, Russian man, uh, Dmitry Itzkov. I'm glad and, you said uh, that. Let him know that. Um, we disagree. Probably Polite, not politely just yet. disagree. That's right. For now.
1: Yeah. Good luck to him, but I yep. suspect it'll take a bit more than that. Mm. Mm. All
0: right. Uh, now, other um, other stories. Now, last week we were talking about Amazon uh, Echo, and uh, I, I did um, locate my missing Amazon uh, Echo. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple of i guess a couple of uh, stories related to uh, amazon echo and its um its personal digital assistant uh, alexa right. and yes. uh, you you came across one online tell us about uh, tell us about this the uh,
1: alexa getting a bit uh, a bit carried away a bit carried away is, is exactly right so the amazon echo Um, uh, has this um, built-in concierge service called Alexa. You just shout Alexa and the device springs into action. So you can get lights turned on, you can order pizzas, you can do all kinds of different things like this. Um, What happens when you leave uh, National Public Radio on in the background and they're having a story about Alexa. Alexa is that Alexa suddenly bursts into life and starts doing things. And somebody Here's her, here's her name and, wonders and off what is, she your, goes. What is what, your command? What is your bidding? And so, yes, she um, she got very carried away in, uh, in one uh, particular chap's house and um, listened to the radio a little bit too closely and decided that they really wanted her to turn the temperature up and so she reset the thermostat to 70 degrees uh, and he came home to a nice toasty house. Mm. This is, um, I think it's fantastic. I think the... The more of this kind of thing we can have, the better because it means they're actually starting to become very, very responsive and very reactive and uh, i I caught my youngest daughter doing her homework the other day by asking Siri asking Siri to do the homework yes hey Siri, what's the capital of Spain and Siri comes back with an answer and she writes it down and hey Siri what's the square root of and Siri tells her and she writes it down yeah. and um, part of me's. Quite appalled by that, to put it mildly. <laughs> but uh, part of me says, "Well, that's you know, that's the new world order." She's got well, the all old dad was off to the library to, uh, exactly. to, to find these answers or logbooks. Uh, Do you remember to... logbooks? Did you have those? Oh, horrible things!
0: No, I don't. I don't remember You're any not of that. that old. Old. No, no, no. no, no. no. I, either that or my memory shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. when it, and it could easily be the <laughs> it could be because f- it wasn't that long ago. That's but, right. Uh, yeah. No.
1: Oh look, it, it's all it's all out there. But yeah, I think. Uh, they've come a very long way in the last sort of three to five years with these voice-activated systems. Um, even in my car, with the background noise, you can shout at the phone and it'll burst into life, which is tremendously useful. Whether, whether it does the right thing or not, that's, well, that's the issue I have. So um, so it, I
0: used to have the Amazon uh, Echo sitting uh, sitting. In my office, uh, which was actually the room we're in now, it's yep. this is now the the, the studio, but um, I would keep it on my desk and there would be varying other phones and things sort of, you know, always kicking around and, and turned on. And uh, well, the, the issue that I had... With the Amazon Echo, is I'd usually you know yeah. have it turned up to a reasonable volume. So if I wanted to play some music and, and so on, that it would, it would do it. a good job. That's right. But of course, it was listening in on every phone call. And <laughs> I wasn't actually so concerned about the privacy that it might tell somebody else about my, my, right. my phone call. Um, the bit that really got to me was every now and then it would... Misunderstand what I was saying and think that I was saying, "Hey Alexa, yep. do something or rather,
1: please." And crank uh, the music.
0: yeah, so Alexa then starts chatting to me <laughs> over the top of the phone call that I'm in the middle of, rudely uh, interrupting. I mean, that's right. Where are the social skills in these assistants? And it happened to that's us before. Very Siri in my yep, pocket, we yep. were chatting away. Siri should have known. You're in Paul's pocket, not in a place where you've been invited into the conversation. And Siri jumped in, and she and, was asking questions, and, and
1: was asking us questions. Although yours is a bloke, which is doubly confusing. Mm. Siri, the boy. See, but that's right. You actually need to train these things, social skills, don't we? There, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a whole, dark, a whole lot, check. You know, check your environs. Um, it, is is the conversation carrying on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's probably a, there's probably an app in there, isn't there? Yeah,
0: I mean, it could be, you know, at times it might be all right for a sort of comedic element of, yep. hey, let me out of this pocket or something. <laughs> yeah. But at least it, you know, Siri should know that Siri is in your pocket, not yeah, that's right, uh, not sitting around or, as part of the discussion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So
0: yes, yeah, so I've had a, I've had a few dramas with that. <laughs> I had I uh, had one last week in the car. Uh, with Siri, and uh, I've got it linked up through um, Apple CarPlay. Right, and so you know you're able to sort of con- you know control it you know fairly easily. But you know it's good to yep. use the voice every now and then. So yep. I had somebody that I wanted to call, and I must have tried three times. Right, and I thought it was a very simple, clear, obvious yep. name, yep. and every time it got completely bamboozled and yep. came up with another name that didn't make any sense <laughs> at all and wanted to call that person yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so
1: yeah it there, has its limitations there's, there's that's there's possibly a, a your, challenge or your kiwi accent though i find um, what kiwi accent i don't have an accent paul I what are you talking about accent. my kids have the most appalling kiwi accents and they um they do struggle sometimes with the voice activation uh oddly whenever i tell my phone to play uh the mutton birds it always starts off playing steve martin um playing the banjo for no apparent reason it just defaults straight away to playing this one particular song so um good on her i say she mm. likes to mix things up does mm. our series um now we have some serious topics to uh talk about somewhere
0: somewhere oh, in the mix um
1: what should we start with
0: well I I don't know. I sort of feel like starting at the bottom of the list, yep. um, just to, just to mix it up. So we wanted to talk about this new uh, ZBook Studio G3 from HP, yep. and I can't remember. We've had we've been playing around with it for a few weeks, and I can't remember where we we sort of really gave it a mention before. So. Um, I wanted to give it a mention before we, uh, before we send it back to HP. Oh, you're and not sending it back. It's well, sitting it here with me now. That's the problem. I don't want to send it back. I mean, this machine is an absolute
1: um, technology
0: powerhouse. It
1: really is, isn't it? It's, it's um, solid is the best word for it, I think. It is uh, a large laptop. It is, um, I don't know what the screen is. What's that, about 15 inches? Um, they're,
0: yeah, they're available in a few, yeah. few
1: different um, sizes, I think. Um, but the, the chassis is uh, a brushed uh, metallic finish. It feels really good. Um, the keyboard is, is, is a good-sized keyboard. Everything's spaced out well. Uh, and the whole thing is it feels hewn from a slab of pure technology. It is, it is a phenomenally good-feeling laptop. Um, and very high-end. I mean, the screen on it is gorgeous
0: yeah um it's available in a full HD or an ultra high definition or as we often call it uh, 4k, 4K. Um, screen and th- I mean this is designed to be that um, that system that uh, you know somebody doing uh, CAD work or you know, yeah. any really high end sort of computer processing work that that in the past you would have had a big beast of a desktop computer to do. Um, this is kind of your portable uh, var- variant of it and it's got uh, I think you can get up to two terabytes worth of uh, storage, yep. 32 gigabytes of uh, memory. you've got uh, dual Thunderbolt 3 uh, connections on it. I think it can drive two, um 2 4k uh, external screens offered as well. Mm. Um, so yeah it's very much at the high end and then it's been sort of certif- it's been through a sort of a certification process. To be able to run, um, you know, those CAD uh, type applications. So, starting at around the three thousand dollar price point here in New Zealand, I think that one there will be the fifteen point six
1: inch screen. There's a bigger one again is there is it 17.
0: Um have a feeling Well, maybe that maybe there's not. Um but there yeah that there's uh there's that screen I think in at least the two resolutions of full right. high definition or the uh, the the 4K or, or ultra yeah. um HD and uh yeah I mean it's it's pretty loaded in terms of um, uh connections and and so on as it is but you can uh, you can load it up with um <laughs> Uh, some some pretty high end uh, you know specs if, yeah. if you want to so they're all uh, you know Intel uh, Core i seven CPUs or, or even uh, Xeon uh, you know C- CPUs available um, right which is is reasonably unusual unusual to have a sort of a server type um, uh, CPU
1: within a in a um, yeah, effectively a, a, laptop. A, a laptop so
0: yeah, yeah pretty uh, pretty cool so it is
1: a very good looking piece of kit and you'd be quite happy um replacing a desktop with one of these wouldn't you yeah
0: i would uh, i would yeah. think so so um and it still comes in around two kilos so it's not in the scheme of no. things it's not you know ridiculously uh, heavy
1: i mean for a big machine it, if it's got heft it's not an ipad you know you, mm. you know you're carrying it but um, uh, with that amount of capability, I think you know, I wouldn't worry at all. Mm. I'd be uh, delighted to carry one of these. And 3K is not actually all that much. It wasn't that long ago. The laptops were a hell of a lot more just for uh, your bog-standard um, uh, business laptop. Mm. The mm. desktop replacements, do you remember them? The, the, about the size of a small coffee table? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. HP had the finest laptop I've ever seen, though. Uh, and um, uh, many years ago, a 100 years ago roughly in computer years, they took us all to a a demonstration of something else entirely and then played the old Steve Jobs, oh, and one more thing trick and said, we've got a prototype here, whip this thing out of a uh, a paper envelope, Uh, and it was the HP Jornada, which, uh, uh, sorry, Sojourner. It was about the same time the Jornadas came out, Mm. and it was razor thin. This thing was... Ultra thin, and they were going to retail for it its for, day. For its day, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Even even by today's standards, it would still be quite good. Mm, mm. Um, uh, twelve thousand dollars was mm, the asking mm, price, and they mm. never sold them in New Zealand. They yeah, decided yeah, okay. there just wasn't enough of a market <laughs> for a twelve thousand dollar laptop. Yeah, glorious piece of kit.
0: Well, the the nice thing about the um, ZBook Studio G3 is it actually looks like a really nice piece of kit as it well. Does, so it's not yeah, just yeah. Um, you know. Brawn, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it uh, it looks good, and they've somehow managed to work in all sorts of uh, spaces for the cooling to uh, to, to still work That's so right. that in it is theory, really it, quite cool. in theory, it won't uh, you know, burn in your legs China, off or China or, syndrome through or, your legs or anything, yeah. so uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, no, I'd be quite happy with one of these. I'll take it, don't bother wrapping it, I'll take it as it is, all
0: right, um. Fortunately, we've, uh, we've lost our security guards on the door so uh, I might have to tackle you myself yeah, on the I'll way make, out. A, make a run for it yeah. um, now I wanted to chat a little bit about Microsoft Surface Pro and Surface mm. uh, Book products now you're someone that, that's used... You've used Surface Pro I have, um, I have. In, in the past. And, of yep. course, Microsoft are now up to their fourth generation. So I'm using the uh, Microsoft Surface Pro 4 at the moment. I right. also use the uh, the Surface Book. Yep. Um, two very gorgeous and, um, you know, groundbreaking products, I guess, really, in yeah, terms of what yeah. you know, Microsoft have achieved with these. And you've got, uh, sitting next to you, um, to eight, HP's um, Surface... Um, well, you could call it a Surface clone because it's certainly inspired That's by right. the by the Surface, as are as are um, you know a number of products from uh, Lenovo, and uh, you yep. could you know you can certainly even uh, even see it in um, uh, in Apple's iPad Pro. That there's the, a, yeah. a there's a bit of a relationship, although there the is. iPad is a, is a very different uh, beast of a product from a software perspective. Yeah. Um, the the Surface Pro and the Surface Book um, are products that. You know, i guess i've reviewed over time Hmm. and it took me a little while to get to the point with the products where i thought well this is a product that i could use every day that's right this sort of ticks most of the boxes in terms of the the equipment and the size and performance and those and it was really the um the fourth generation uh surface pro that i thought hey this is absolutely here it's fast it's you know, looking at all the technical specifications, this is this it's is it. it's a killer. Yeah, uh, the keyboard, you know, is 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 really good. Um, better trackpad and so on. It's like, hey, this is this is great. This is the it's one. a it's a laptop yep. tablet two yep. in one. This is this is the beast. Um, but there's a bit of a, a sad sort of story, I guess, mm. to sell around these, to tell around these mm. products. After some ongoing uh, use over recent months. Um, Microsoft, I have to say, have um, have been letting quite a few
1: customers down. Oh, is that right? Because so, I used, a, it must have been a 2, Surface mm. 2, mm. Um, and it was uh, Windows 8 aside, uh, it was a nice piece of kit. Technically, mm. you know, the, the hardware itself, I had no problem with it at all. The operating system was another matter, but uh, the, the kit itself... Uh, was uh, was fine. It worked really well. So, what sort of things are you coming so across? So,
0: what we've seen, and, and I guess this is from um, the experience of our team within Gorilla, as well as my, you know, my own experiences mm. um, across the three and the four. So, you know, both generations, we've seen some oddities with, and I know, you know, I've know I've mentioned probably one or two of those things on the podcast in the past. Um, but it sort of just, you know, came to a bit of a head where I had to call up Microsoft and say, "Hey, what's what's what's, what's actually on? What's actually going on here?" Yeah, yeah. Um. So the sorts of things we're seeing, we've seen uh, situations where, um, because you can get an external dock for these you units, can. which you is, need one of those, is, that is so useful. Yeah. And it is, it's been a frustration for a long time that Apple makes such, you know, lovely hardware. Yeah, yeah. The MacBooks are really cool, um, but they didn't have any sort of docking solution. That's so right. if you're in business and you just want to be able to You know, plug in at your desk. Everything come up on your screen. Use your external keyboard, mouse, whatever your accessories. You know, network cable. All of those things you just plug in, and away you go. Um, Apple didn't really have a great, um, you know, first party solution to that. And so, when Microsoft came out with the Surface and started offering docking options, that um, that made a lot of sense. But yeah, we've seen some issues uh, whereby you will plug in. Uh, a Surface Book or a Surface uh, Pro to the dock and then your image doesn't appear on the screen and you're wondering what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Another one I have seen uh, myself on a number of occasions uh, is where you hit the, uh, uh, for instance, so I'm sitting at my desk with my Surface Pro, I've got a meeting to go to, so I close the you know close the lid close up like a, down, like a laptop, ready to go. Throw it in my bag or just yep. you know carry it uh, to a meeting. Get to the meeting and oh, time for the meeting! I better start scribbling some notes. Yeah, uh, so I hit the power button. Oh, well, oh. there's nothing on the screen. What's, what's going? On? Uh, what's going on here? I'll try it a few more times, um, you, and then you're wondering well, what's going on. I can see the sort of the red glowing light there, like it's trying to do the facial recognition. Yeah. So it must be on. You, Unfortunately, or yeah, just the nature of these new devices means we've gone away from having power lights as we used to on all our PCs (laughs) and laptops, right? So you could tell what was going on. So you figure out the power by tapping the caps lock. Does does the light come on or not, right? Right? Things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Okay, it gives you the same result. That's right. So... uh, So, yeah, I mean, I had an embarrassing one a few weeks ago, and, you know, coming into a meeting, people were like, oh, this is Paul Spain, he's, you know, technologist, heads up guerrilla technology. Of course, his technology's going to be absolutely flawless, you know, he's got the guerrilla team behind him to make sure it's all working flawlessly. Um, And and that was not the case? So, walked in, and uh, I basically had to, you know, sort of, um, basically make excuses for why uh, everyone was going (laughs) to need to wait two minutes while I... Basically, held down the power button for uh, cycle of 30, power. thirty. I think it's about thirty seconds. Oh, you have to right? hold it down for, uh, for it to power cycle and come right. Now, yeah. I've got to add a little disclaimer to that. Microsoft's most recent update seems yeah. to have fixed that. Um, okay. So that particular so that doesn't issue doesn't happen anymore. I'm. I i do not think I'm seeing that. Um, Certainly not as much as I saw it before. I'm trying to think if I've had any instances of that recurring. I've had, I, I, may, I may have done, but it, it's, it's streets ahead of, uh, of, of where it was. So, yeah. um, And the, other, the interesting thing is um, with computers, it's pretty unusual to get a firmware update to your computer that you need to load well, on if you, yes. if you use a, an HP or a Lenovo and so on. Yeah, firmware updates, yes, they happen occasionally. Once in um, a blue moon. Microsoft yeah. have been releasing these firmware updates for their Surface products sort you know, it seems like constantly. I don't know, at least <laughs> half a dozen a year. Really? Um, I would in fact, I would say with the Surface Pro 4, they've probably and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah. they have probably released at least four updates wow. in, since since it was launched. I remember reading uh, someone's review of the Surface Pro 4 ahead of launch and uh, you know, saying what a uh, painful experience yeah, it had been, yeah. but that they had been told by Microsoft there were going to be updates. Well, right, there have been right. updates. There have been constant updates. Um, and I, I just think that, you know, Microsoft being yeah. out there fourth generation, yeah, 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 I would have expected all that to be fixed. Now, that should have been squared away. My experience, of course, isn't from thousands of users. Yep. Um, so it's just, you know, across Gorilla's customer base. and We don't have a massive number of people using the yeah, Surface yeah. Pro product um, yep. yet. I mean, we, we tend to be we encourage people to use new technology, but mm. where we see issues, we we Get can slow, off slow them down yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, so I'd love to hear from any listeners who are, you know, particularly those that are in a sort of larger organisation that maybe's jumped in with with a bunch with of a uh, surface products, rafted right them, yep. and whether, you know whether they've had a good or bad experience. Um, but what we are seeing, I think, is each of those updates from Microsoft is improving it. But the point is, right now, they haven't completely solved 100 percent of the reliability issues around the. Uh, Around the surface, and yeah. probably you know next week they'll come out with with an update that'll fix the rest or the large majority of the issues. And we, I did get an update through from uh, Nathan Mercer, uh, who, oh, yes. who's ex Microsoft uh, New Zealand now works on the Surface team in the US. Oh, okay. And uh, he's uh, when I you know raised with him the. Um, uh, oddities around the docking. He said, "Hey, Microsoft are aware of that, and they're yep. working on that with their highest priorities. Good. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we see all these things fixed up. But I would, uh, I guess, encourage just a, a bit of caution around um, this equipment at the moment. But the, you know, the good thing is Microsoft seemed to know what the issues are, and they were very good uh, in, in a case where I raised with them. Look, we're getting these issues. They sat down with me. We went through all of the you know the key issues." Uh, and even uh, you know came out and visited um, visited one of our customers to have a yeah. look at those those issues sort of uh, in in situ so they could in see the real, what world. was what was what was happening yeah. what was the reality yeah, yeah. of what was happening um, and they certainly had you know a couple of good um, suggestions but really was that they were able to see some of the yeah. some of the challenges and um, uh, i guess um, yeah, we we're, weren't able to say, oh, yes, uh, that's all fixed. That's right. Um, it wasn't quite as easy as no, that. So there's, no. there's still a little bit of work for them to do behind the scenes. Well,
1: that's a shame, isn't it? Because they really are pinning their hopes on, on the new Surface Rain um, as, as the sort of default corporate equivalent of everybody's iPads at home. So, uh, you know, they've really got to get this one right. Given the, the stumble that was Windows 8. Uh, recovering from that and, and delivering a good, clean interface and a good good technical story uh, is pretty much essential at this point, I mm. would have thought. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, it's curious to me, and that's why I'm interested in hearing from listeners' experiences, and we're certainly happy to, uh, to, to share those on. Um, you know, what is the reality out there? Because there hasn't been a lot of bad press around mm. the surface no, in the media. Right. I mean, it's always generally talked about as a great product. Yeah and they're lot i mean most aspects of it are really good but if it's not a hundred percent reliable um that is just yeah is, yeah, v- is it's very disappointing because yeah. this is a high-end item it's not a low-cost no, uh, right. you know uh, product yeah. from a uh, unknown uh, vendor yes microsoft may be newish at making uh, pcs but yeah. Uh, yeah fourth generation now um, you, you, so, yeah they're usually pretty good by then yeah yeah. yeah 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 so had to call them out on that one um but uh Hey, that's 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 the nature of of um, technology. Sometimes people don't get it don't get it quite right, and um, we make a bit of a noise. And uh, usually, eventually, they uh, they manage to sort it out. And Microsoft, I guess, have a bit of a, a bit of a story of sort of sorting. Sorting out things. Remember that Xbox uh, dilemma, the red ring of That's death, right. cost them a billion dollars. <laughs> oh, is and, that right? Oh uh, my goodness! But they, oh, they got it. Yeah, yeah. They offered people, you know, re- yep. replacements and uh, and, yeah. and and so on for people that had uh, had issues. I'm not sure if that covered all of the issues, but, um, no, but yeah, it went They would have they would have learned a pretty good lesson, yeah. there, a
1: billion dollar lesson. <laughs> <Yeah>. So uh, <laughs> it's yeah. a good lesson to learn. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it, yeah, Windows uh, when they first got it, when Microsoft first got into. Um, portable handheld devices back before the cell phones took over Uh, version one of windows CE wince as it was politely referred to (laughs) um, was dire and version two was not a lot better and version three was okay version four ruled the world it destroyed palm it took over from uh, all the competition and um, set the bar really high uh, for a long time until until the mobile phones came along and took over Uh, so they do have history in this area and they should be able to really nail these problems hopefully well before version 4 of a device though I would have thought however mm, hmm. it but gives us something to do doesn't it Paul oh yes yes yes, yes.
0: it's all it's always having uh, good having something to, That's um, right. uh, to to mine about but um, yes there we there we are um, now into other topics um, TPP expert um, Report, yes. Review. What, what, um, what have you been blogging about here? Because you, you write a, a bit of a, a bit of a blog.
1: I do. I do. I, um, I look after the tech blog for um, the Institute of IT Professionals. So techblog.nz uh, is the homepage, uh, and um, this week we've had a look at the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is this uh, multilateral. Uh, Um, trade deals slash um, you'll all end in tears because it's just awful depending on who you listen to. Uh, The TPP um, is a very dense, very legalese uh, contract written between 12 countries negotiated over many years. So Actually picking it apart and seeing just what it actually says to us is uh, is no small feat. Thankfully, the Law Foundation and Internet NZ have conducted a review of the TPP um, section that relates particularly to uh, intellectual property and to um, the IT industry to see just what it says. So what did um, they find? Well, um, overall, it's pretty good. It's um, uh, early versions of the, uh, the TPP had all kinds of nastiness in there. Uh, the two so some of those leaked documents, sort of that's right Edward Snowden type
0: it, channels, yeah. or wherever where, where they came
1: from. The I only f- way
0: we could actually see <laughs> what was going on,
1: and there were some horror stories in there. You were really um, they were it, it, this whole thing has been a negotiation. So mm-hmm. everybody started out with the most extreme views possible. Um, I didn't see the New Zealand papers, but I can only imagine what it said about cows and milk and how every American home had to have a New Zealand cow and. We've sort of worked on from there. <laughs> so the American approach was um, uh, everybody will abandon their copyright and intellectual property regimes and move immediately to the US model, which almost universally is described as um, quite hopeless. It's yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a nightmare, of isn't it? Patent law oh, in the US is,
0: and uh, all the litigation that goes exactly. backwards and yeah. forwards, especially yeah. around software and software patents. It's well, that
1: was the real issue for for a lot of us. Was the uh, the the Patent Act in New Zealand has only just been introduced. Uh, and in 2013, we finally got um, the Patent Act um, passed all the way through Parliament. Uh, lots of support for its approach to handling software, which is to say, uh, you can't really patent software. Uh, it, it would be the, the arguments um, around it are that mu- uh, software is very much uh, a set of instructions for a machine to follow. It would be like patenting music sheet music. Um, you know, you, you can copyright it, you can trademark it perhaps, you can you can protect it in other ways. But when it comes to patents, uh, no, we don't think that that's appropriate. In the States, we've seen things like Amazon's famous one-click patent, uh, which should never have been granted. And then anywhere else in the world would have just shut it down in a heartbeat. But uh, in the States, it was allowed. So uh, the good news is we don't have to get rid of our Patent Act. We can keep uh, the the Patent Act relatively unscathed. Uh, The downside, though, is uh, a broadening of the definition of uh, what a TPM is, and a TPM is a technical protection measure. Uh, And for a long time, these are the kinds of um, devices and tricks that uh, Hollywood has used to stop you from looking at content that they don't want you to look at so is
0: that for instance when you buy a, a dvd that's you know got one region on it rather yeah. than another and for new zealand we're region four so exactly if right you buy some content for the u.s that yep. on a okay, standard one standard yeah.
1: yeah standard player uh it might not be able to right. play it back unless it just you, you've play. tweaked it a little bit exactly and in the past um i don't know about you every time i've bought a dvd player and it's been quite some time since i did uh, that came with a slip of paper, which told me how to circumvent the technical protection measures that are included by the company that um, that makes it. So, is this going to be a problem going forward? We won't get well, that slip of paper, we you won't, won't be able to do that exactly. Not only will you not get the slip of paper, um, they'll probably be in a world of trouble for building in that capability in the first place. Uh, and um, further afield in the in this shiny new world of um, content in the cloud, right? Uh, Net- Netflix, Netflix, and and those sorts of, of things. Sort. Where
0: in New Zealand we like love to access the US, the or American the UK version, uh, exactly. We're we going that, to be
1: blocked from doing that potentially, potentially, we are. You know, it's very hard to tell from the, the um, dense legal ease that uh, that is uh, throughout this paper but it would seem that um, uh, the idea that you can run a virtual private network and pretend you're in America uh, fool a computer system into thinking you're in America so that you can uh, access American content um, even though you're paying for it um, and you're not breaching copyright you are breaching their terms and conditions and to date we've all said ah well that's you know that's a different matter entirely and I'm quite comfortable with that, under this uh, new TPPA agreement, uh, it could well be that that will be a problem and um, you'll be arrested. So... Uh, that's really rather uh, entertaining. It's um, overall, though the I don't the, know. I don't um, know how entertaining that would be
0: if you're sitting there watching a movie and, uh, <laughs> and the and, and boys in blue to, to, kick in the door, uh, send the uh, There's helicopters, no and the FBI all come in. To, oh no, wait! Know, is, I've, I've, I'm just you know thinking of a uh, you know a maybe <laughs> maybe maybe a, a slightly larger uh, figure, <laughs> yeah, um, larger than life, uh, larger than life. That's the word that's I was right, looking for that's right. uh, to be polite. Um, figure who uh, who had a, um, a helicopter and exactly police. Is
1: it police dogs? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm. It's not uncommon. So, um, the wider population wouldn't be too keen on such a no. yeah, such an occurrence. Watching it across the street is one thing, but when it's your house and all you've been doing is watching television, uh, and this is the real problem, I think that Hollywood, in particular, has they simply do not want to let go of the old world order where they could clip the ticket for. Um, okay, we'll, we, we'll make a TV series and we'll sell it to uh, pay TV and then we'll sell it to free-to-air TV and then we'll sell it to the airlines and then we'll sell it to the DVD companies and then we'll sell it uh, globally, we'll sell it to New Zealand and then we'll sell it to Australia. And they do this and they clip the ticket every step of the way. With globalisation and the internet, all of that just disappears. You know, You've now got airlines saying, we're not going to provide any form of in-flight entertainment, bring it with you. Um, and that's that's great by me. That's fine. I've, can, I've got more than enough stuff on my laptop and my iPad and various other places that that's fine. Um, you've got um, uh, countries like New Zealand saying, we actually want one single provider of all the television that we can just pay the money to. Because the alternative isn't going back to the old world order. The alternative is piracy. And we've seen what that does to the music industry, and, and they're still recovering um hollywood's really got to wake up and smell the coffee with this though uh it seems that they've they've won this round and uh we'll have to look closely to see how the new zealand government enforces uh these new measures mm. um
0: now a couple of other um topics one is around skype on televisions now I've never been a big fan of having sort of Skype built into a, a TV, or, or even a lot of the smart features that are in a TV. I mean, I like the concept, and it and it does work well for a while. Uh, but it 's a little bit like uh, buying an all in one computer it is <laughs> and expecting it to last for five or ten years yeah. five or ten years and and to be really and really to be good. good at everything and yeah. The problem with a TV that has a lot of smarts built into it is usually because it's you know first and foremost a TV the smarts aren't that great yes uh, so it's never that cutting edge in terms of the 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 computing power that's built in yeah and then you think, well, as my screen, uh, if it does the job right as a screen. Uh, I should be able to keep it for a yeah. good good few years. Uh, so, but we've obviously had these smart TVs, and some of them are quite cool. I've um, I've been using an LG uh, one at home, which is very nice, uh, 4K. It's got Skype in oh. it. It's now no, sorry, I'm not using Skype on it. I'm using uh, using Netflix on it. Yep, and it has Lightbox, which I find pretty yep. pretty pretty handy. That's um, right. So, quite nice having those built in. Seem to work reasonably well. Um, haven't tried Skype on it, but I know that once this TV gets not too far down the track, we're yeah. going to be at a point where that technology's just not good enough. I mean, I've already seen messages that somehow may go away. Uh, saying there's no space to load any more apps, and I'm thinking, hold on, I've only um, got a small handful of apps <laughs> I've installed. I've only put
1: three on, uh, and yes. they're pretty tiny.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the new announcement from uh, Microsoft and uh, Samsung and and you know the TV manufacturers have come out uh, confirming this stuff as well. Is that Skype for televisions is about to be killed off, basically? Dead. Yeah, dead in the water from um, June, yeah. June this year. So I thought, hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's not ideal for those that have maybe gone down that track of, yeah. of buying a TV with Skype in it to make it really easy to communicate with uh, family members and, right. and, and so on. Uh, yes, you can buy an Xbox, and the Xbox with its camera is yeah. really, really good at this stuff. That is very um, good. But, yeah, for those that have actually yeah. bought a TV with this in mind, um, yes, yeah, maybe not the most of the strategic of decisions well, And Microsoft no. have sort of... Confirmed that, and I think their perspective is: look, actually, not a lot of people are using this. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they've got to weigh up the value. I would have thought, actually, though, they're leaving a door open now, and you know we've got a number of other players who yep. will probably swoop into the space and uh, um, either jump in on it, or maybe what they're saying is: well, if people want to Skype, they'll probably actually do that on their smartphone anyway, yeah, yeah. and mirror it off their smartphone on, onto, on, the on, onto the TV yeah, as, as an yeah. alternative. Um, there are lots of other you know, ways of doing this. But, um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be curious to see whether somebody else uh, jumps in, whether it's Google with Hangouts and starts That's offering right. that on, on yeah, TVs. On the so TVs. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, if the hardware's there, it's got a camera built in, why wouldn't you uh, offer a service? I'm intrigued by this because, uh, as you say, the, the Xbox Kinect uh, camera is fabulous, and for me, that was always the uh, pinnacle of um, home video calling capability. Um, it follows you around the yeah, room. Yeah, three and so cameras on. It's amazing, in there. It? One tracks you. Uh, one's a close-up camera for um, for for video calling capability, and the other one's the further away camera for all the games. And Microsoft's never really done any more than the first generation of games with it. That's that's pretty much as far as it's gone which I think is a shame. But when they bought Skype, um, I remember having a chat with Paul Muckleston at Microsoft at the time in New Zealand, and I said, congratulations, you're the world's biggest phone company. And he said, it, that's absolutely right. It's, it is mind-boggling. We talked about the future of uh, inter-family calling being Skype over Connect. Uh, and um, you could imagine every grandparent's house in the in the country, if not the world, um, being equipped with one of these things, and any time the grandchildren want to chat to grandma, you just wave at the TV and off you go, uh, and that's never really eventuated. And I, I think that's quite um, quite a lost opportunity. You know, I, I think that the, the hardware is there, the software is there. We just need to actually deliver the service. And mm. perhaps they're going to do something now um, to replace this, but um, I suspect they're just backing away from the whole um, home video calling capability uh, at that on, on that sort of scale
0: yeah i mean my issue from the get-go when uh, you know we maybe would have a discussion with a uh, a guerrilla customer who's saying yeah. oh look you know can we just put a tv with skype built into yep. it for uh, for for this sort of you know video confident capability it was always well the what you get from your tv manufacturer yeah. is never the complete you know full fat version of skype there are That's always right. limitations with yeah. what you're actually getting and so most cases it didn't, you know, tick enough boxes to be useful. Yeah. And, of course, in the business world now we've got, uh, you know, Skype for, uh, for Business. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's a whole different product in itself. So yeah. yeah. Um, and Microsoft have, have made some announcements around Skype for Business actually in the last uh, few days um, at a recent conference in, in the US. So there's some, um, there's some curious things sort of coming down the, uh, coming down the, the track uh, there. Um, including for the sort of, you know, corporate organisations and businesses that uh, maybe want to use the uh, Office 365 cloud product, right, right. but would love to actually make Skype for Business maybe their phone system yeah. and uh, be able to link in. Now, Microsoft in the US allow you with that Skype for Business product and yep. you know, have it be your, your sort your, of Skype type equivalent, but yeah. also uh, your entire phone system in the cloud mm. uh, by offering you local numbers in your region and allowing you to trans- right, transfer right. your phone numbers into their environment. Now, they're not doing that anywhere else in the world uh, yet. Oh, they're testing it in the UK, so that will become available. Um, but they are—they are, uh, have announced they're offering a, um, a product that you'll be able to load or in, install at your premises, mm. sort of a virtual server that can be installed in your premises that will allow you to link into local uh, providers, right, right. So, so you can take key. all your phone numbers yeah, and bits yeah. and pieces, link that in, and then have that tie with the cloud. Now, haven't looked in depth into that, um, but I thought that was a pretty interesting announcement uh, last week in that um, Skype and and world of uh, phone systems and so on.
1: Yeah, that's that's the way it's got to go. the The PBX market has sort of stalled really over the last couple of years. It needs something like this to shake it up a bit more and make it more uh, integrated with these these new devices that we're making so much use of. Mm um
0: now a couple of other things uh south by southwest that was uh, that was taking place on the weekend um now last year some people may remember um there was a product that i probably spoke about a little bit if we go back a year called uh, meerkat uh which i jumped onto um just after it had, it had launched one of the chaps on twitter that i was following happened to be uh you know showing it off um I think the day it launched or the day after it launched. And uh, Meerkat was this way of sort of live video streaming and doing this uh, live video broadcast, which at the time was very, very new. That's right. And linked into uh, Twitter Twitter so you could share it with your uh, Twitter followers. Now, Uh, that product was a huge hit at the uh, South by Southwest um, event. Um, But what has happened since is, uh, of course we found out that Twitter had bought a very similar product in development called Periscope, That's which right. since launched, uh, and pretty much was the nail in the coffin for uh, for the chaps at uh, Meerkat who had taken, I think, uh, one of their investments was uh, $15 million. So it was a bit of a, a chunk of uh, whoops, cash that, uh, uh, that got dropped into them. Now, they've yeah. sort of pivoted a little bit doing some other things, uh, but this year, very much uh, Periscope was... Uh, uh, it was quite interesting to watch, although I noticed that they did get caught a few times with some of their streams not being super uh, reliable. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, but certainly that was a good way to, um, I guess, feel a little bit more connected. You know, when you're sitting here in New Zealand and you, you know, if you're interested in an event uh, like South by Southwest, uh, of course you can read all the reports online and you can see videos and so on later, but... There's nothing quite like uh, being able to just to jump in when someone's doing a little live stream uh, on on Periscope, and of course you can do live streaming now with you know Facebook and, and other platforms too. Uh, but just to you know jump in as you know a little bit like being there. And um, one of them, one of the ones I jumped in on was uh, was the social media editor from uh, Engadget. Uh, was invited along with a bunch of other media. Uh, to watch uh, Obama uh, drop in, and so there was his uh, his seven by seven, uh, seven seven four seven sort of landing yeah. at the airport, and you're able to sort of be a little bit of a you know fly on the wall to this whole uh, uh, thing of uh, Obama flying in in his uh, in, in uh, the private jet. Air, what is it? Air, air Force, Force One. Air Force one. Yeah. And actually, you know, just just seeing it there was. Um, uh yeah it was kind kind of nuts really yeah. to see this massive jumbo jet you know fly in and uh yeah there's um there's one person that gets out <laughs> and, and walks down off the plane yep uh hangs out for a few minutes and you know a stream of uh, vehicles there were of course lots of uh security personnel That's right uh, around before it landed and uh um you know just just to be there sort of watch watching this thing and the varying people's sort of comments particularly um the the uh the the lady from Engadget you know a huge fan of yeah. uh, of obama and uh you know just hearing her sort of chat through the whole experience so it, it was it was a bit of fun to uh to watch and you know, I do like that sort of personalness that we get from these live streaming things, but uh, I guess a bit, bit, bit sad for um, the Meerkat team who you know, come up with some came up with some great technology, which um, yeah, didn't, ultimately didn't, didn't sort win there. win the day. Yeah, uh, but lots of different things on online around um, you know South by Southwest um, happenings. Um, what else have we got going on? I think there's the um, game uh, developers conference happening. Um, in san francisco this week so uh, there's already some bits and pieces of news sort of floating out from from there um so lots lots going on and then uh, microsoft's build conference coming mm. up uh, at the end of the month and um they if i haven't upset them too much today um will be <laughs> uh, um taking me up there to uh, to to share some uh, um, some of what's going on up there, I'm guessing because this is the first time I've heard of any, uh, you know, media type people being invited uh, to the Build conference in the US. I'm I'm guessing Microsoft are going to be showing off some uh, some reasonably Something cool stuff. Cool. That's certainly my hope because I don't I don't want to go up there for. Uh, um, you know, to hear that they're you know adding a new version number to their uh, <laughs> software development platform or something. That's right. Like that's that. all you really need, isn't it? Oh yeah, we've gone from version uh, thirteen of this to version thirteen point uh, two point three. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, that's quite intriguing because normally, of course, it's all um, focused on the uh, what used to be tech ed. Conference here in Auckland. Yeah. Uh, what is it now? ignite. ignite yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So they've they've got they've got that event. Um, what I'm expecting is uh, that it's going to be well. We'll certainly get a chance to uh, play with their work in the augmented reality space and with yeah. the Hololens uh, because that's uh, been made available uh, for pre order to developers and developers will be able to get it um, right. on the date that the uh, the the event sort of takes place. So. Yeah. Uh, this will sort of be their sort of um, you know big event, really, to to show that stuff off. And I've I've been spending a little bit of time looking at some of the videos and just doing a little bit of research around it. And I've got to say that um, the what they're doing around Hololens does look pretty impressive. It's, now it is quite they're not the only right? people that are you know working in this sort of space. Yeah, uh, but they're you know nobody else is really saying what they're doing, and Microsoft are being. Uh, you know very upfront about man. it they're, yeah. they're offering all the software tools uh to make it very easy and i went through some of the uh um the tutorials online yeah. in terms of what does it actually take to create uh one of these holographic environments and and yeah. to be able to interact with it using voice and um you know steering in different directions and and uh and so on and you know controlling these things yeah. and actually. It's, it's quite easy. not that difficult.
1: Oh, yeah. that's um, the killer. So yep. if
0: they make this stuff really easy, all the tools are there. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, people will, you know, jump jump on board as mm. long as the, the devices aren't too uh, too expensive. That's so right. That's a bit of a challenge. The developer units yeah, yeah. are four and a half k odd, <sighs> New Zealand. Uh, you know, before we add on uh, GST and so on, so not yeah, not cheap. That's but not that's, cheap. That's, that's a that's a stage one. So we will see. We will yeah, see. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I, hope can, to I hope they can. I hope they get all those pieces right for uh, uh, for our sake as people that that love cool technology and that's <laughs> love right. using and playing with it. So uh, yes. Um, now, what else do we have on the on the list there, Paul? Uh, there we have got
1: Facebook, be- Google, and Snapchat getting stuck in over the FBI and Apple.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, this this has been going on for a little while, hasn't it? it uh, has. FBI versus uh, versus Apple. There's been um, varying sort of. Angles and, and takes on, it, including o, um, Obama, sort of coming out saying, "I am not talking about you know any specific situations." Uh, this was him over the weekend, but uh, you know, basically <laughs> but, uh, saying that we shouldn't be so black and white about this stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and I mean, I can I can see you know both both sides of it, but yeah. the end the, the tech industry is very much um, coming out against the FBI's uh, perspectives they here, really are they? really are,
1: they really are. And and I think in balance, rightly so, because uh, as Apple has said, uh, if, they, if they unlock this phone, if they provide the FBI with the tools, this will not be the only phone that gets unlocked. Uh, they will immediately say, right, well, you've done it once, that's set a precedent, so we'll have all of these other phones unlocked as well, thanks. Uh, and if the Americans are doing it, you can bet the Saudis will want to know... Uh, Thanks, hook us up. We've got problems with women who may well have been sitting in the front seat of the car. So, you know, you pony up and unlock their phones so that we can have a look at what's going on there as well. So uh, it's a very slippery slope, and it's a very steep slope at that point. Um, I'm all in favour of capturing, te- capturing catching terrorists, uh, but preferably before they do the damage, not after. And I think, you know, uh, that in this situation, um, demanding that uh, Apple... Uh, either unlock the device itself or, as the um, plan B seems to be, um, if Apple doesn't um, doesn't do what it's supposed to do, it will have Apple hand over the source code and its own uh, electronic signature um, files so that they can do it for them. And um, uh, it's, it's pretty heavy-handed. heavy-handed. It, interesting. It really now, is.
0: someone suggested um, the other day, and I think you know, this would probably be um, I'm not sure it was their original suggestion but it was the comment that well if the FBI have access mm. to this handset um, surely they could actually remove the memory chips that are in it yeah and uh, and duplicate them uh, and you know come up with some some sort of smart workaround yeah. for uh, you know sort of wiring the chips back into the iPhone but wiring them into something else that would uh, you know if it got Arrays uh, that they could just drop the data back onto those uh, chips, so they could kind of rewire uh, an iPhone, so, so that, it, that uh, can, they could actually do exactly and, what they want yeah, and yeah. try try the pin number. And if they get the pin number wrong, um, you know x number of times, that it right. just reinstates the uh, the data back onto yep. the chips, and then they have another go with the next series of numbers, and, and, and off you go. And, and just keep uh, those things could be automated. So it's suggested yes, would that there's think a there, number, were there are ways. a number of number of alternative ways. Yeah. It sort of would. Um, would stand to reason that would that would be true. So yeah, um, there's
1: got to be another way in. I do, you do remember the um, the big issue with Error fifty three uh, a few months ago, where Apple devices that have had the screen replaced uh, suddenly stopped working. Yeah, well the, um, or the, the fingerprint the reader button. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yes. there is inside the iPhone there is certainly um, a lot of connectivity between um, have I been taken apart and will I let you have access to the content? So. Clearly, there's there's a distinct link between um, the two components there. So I, I suspect but the, the FBI in this aren't, case, that, aren't that stupid. Well, they're are not they? that stupid. They're, they're probably no.
0: quite capable. If you somebody's capable of working around <laughs> these things, if the FBI can't do it, then uh, come on. So
1: I, perhaps they're just being lazy. I, you know, they just they just want to get this out. But uh, well, it's, that's it's some, backfiring. Or some, ulterior, or some ulterior motive. That's right? that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, what they are doing is driving the other tech giants. Uh, particularly Facebook, Google, and Snapchat, Mm. uh, to all revisit the whole issue of uh, how much encryption, how much security do they provide for their services. And sadly for the FBI, uh, all three are now saying, right, well, we'll, we we will do more to protect our users' rights uh, in the years ahead. Um, Google, I think, would be the biggest concern for the FBI here because they've long talked about having an encrypted version of Gmail uh, if they introduce that and make it easy to use, um, a huge tracts of uh, everyday traffic will disappear uh, from plain sight and the FBI will struggle to, uh, to prove just about anything these days, I suspect. So it really is, um, it really is a, a bit of a problem for law enforcement all around the world. But going this way I don't think really uh, is, is a very um, constructive way forward. You know, you've already got uh, lawmakers in places like Britain and Australia saying, we'll just ban encryption Mm. because that Mm. makes so much sense. Um, Clearly, they don't know what encryption is or what we use it for. It's a bit like saying we'll ban front doors because it gets in the way when the police want to come charging in to arrest you. Uh, And if you think um, a world with encryption is terrible, uh, try taking Netflix or online banking or iTunes or any of the other modern services that rely on encryption off the user base and see just how far you get.
0: Mm, mm. Um, and and down as a, a sort of a somewhat related track um, is now. I think this originally came up last year, but it's it's been uh, moving ahead by the the sounds of it. Um, is it's being suggested that. Um, Russian lawmakers uh, would like to put in place a penalty of up to um, seven years for those involved in uh, Bitcoin-related activities. Oh, so is that right? Bitcoin, of course, being um, you know a, a digital or crypto uh, currency uh, that can't be controlled. Yeah. Um, well, other other than in, in matters like this. So uh, you know, I guess it's 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 separate from uh, you know monetary systems that governments have a level of uh, control over, Uh, but you know it certainly does get get used for uh, illegal types of uh, of purposes as as does normal uh, money. But uh, you know there are I guess varying uh, reasons why people would go down the uh, Bitcoin track from a a perspective of um, uh, evading. Uh, traditional sort of banking rules and and so on and yeah, uh, yeah it looks like um, in in Russia, if the uh, the the government uh, gets their way, um, then they will end up with um, the ability to uh, to jail people potentially up to seven years uh, for using uh, Bitcoin for transactions.
1: That's quite remarkable. I guess they are quite concerned um, in two directions. One about um uh criminals using bitcoin to hide to to whitewash their their money to uh to move money around the world and and to hide it from the authorities but also um let's not forget the governments tend to run a lot of banks as well and certainly they don't want uh <laughs> they don't want competition in the, in the marketplace when it comes to controlling the world's economies no no well uh, I guess yeah.
0: we, we, and we've seen some of that in the past around we have. um I think it was one at least one country that banned Skype because yep. a they made the uh, the government made so much money off um, the toll, toll calls, calls for that particular exactly. uh, country and i can't can't remember whether this was india or or somewhere else but there was uh, a big cut that they would uh, mm. they would take on, on calls or at least you know the the companies had paid a lot of money to, to have that right to uh, to control that and I guess from the other perspective was potentially their ability for the government to be able to listen in on exactly. on calls when it moves yep. outside of uh, their control, um, then that creates a, a few challenges for them. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll we'll keep seeing more of this sort of uh, you know government interference uh, into uh, you know technological based um, innovation and. Yeah, I guess that's that's what lawmakers makers are there for to uh, to figure out what the right things and wrong things are to do. That's right. Uh, we just may well not very much agree with a well. lot of
1: it. It might just seem like it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm astounded the Americans can move so swiftly to um, require anybody flying a drone uh, to get a license um, because they're such a terrible threat. Uh, and I don't know that anybody has actually been injured let alone killed by a drone and yet when you talk about licensing firearms of course um you know over my dead body so perhaps if we put guns on the drones then they'll they'll be okay but um it does seem to be a little bit of a backwards way of going about trying to regulate these things uh it's all about maintaining the status quo instead of saying well hang on this is a brave new world and an exciting way of doing things let's let's move on and try something new Yes. Um mm. it's uh, it's
0: an it's an unusual uh, part of the uh the planet when it comes to uh thinking.
1: Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> I'm afraid so. Yes. All right, well um I think that's us for this week. So um thank, We should call it a day. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you very much, Paul. Have enjoyed hanging out. As as always, it's always good fun. It's um, never dull, is it? Thank you to everybody for uh for also hanging out with us um on the 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 um on the couch um and uh, and just listening in uh, always great to hear your feedback though we do uh, we do appreciate that you put aside a uh, you know a good chunk of your time to uh, to keep up and uh, listen into the New Zealand Tech podcast so feel free to uh, to drop uh, me a note paul at podcasts nz uh, that will get to me um or paul at guerrilla technology com either either of those. Uh, you can also track me down on Twitter, uh, at Paul Spain. Um, and Mr. Brislin, where do people track you
1: down? Best place to find me is usually on Twitter, uh, at Paul Brislin. Um, if you can't find me on Google, you'll you'll find me on Twitter quite easily. But um, the beauty of having a strange surname is anybody can Google and find me. So uh, yeah, track me down that way. Uh, or email is paul at brislin.nz. Nice. Excellent. Nice and easy.
0: All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for uh, again, for, uh, for listening in, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, chatting with you again next week. And, uh, yeah, feel free to ping us uh, a note anytime. All right. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Guerrilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT.